Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Get it checked, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? Take your best shot, I'ma take the last shot. I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bitting on me? It's time to get it checked, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? Take your best shot, I'ma take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Look, you sitting on me, I can tell by your laughing, sleeping on me. Alrighty, guys, that was Pull Up K on the intro music, and we are back for episode two of the Auto Bid. We'll be joined later by the Quinnipiac men's basketball program. We're gonna have head coach Baker Dunleavy as well as Jacob Bergoni. Obviously, news just broke that those guys are gonna have to shut down uh, for 14 days due to a COVID-19 outbreak. We're gonna give you guys the latest on that situation. Gonna to talk to you guys, uh, to talk to them um, about that situation, um, about their upcoming season. And obviously, uh, as, as some of you might know, Drew and I played there, so um, we're gonna to get to talk to to our old coach and our old teammate, um, and, and go ahead and reminisce a little bit, man. So definitely looking forward to that. But in other news, we had a, a great second week of college basketball, man. There was a lot of Crazy stuff that happened this this week, man. We had, we had some some great games, some some great wins for, for the mid majors, man. So, Drew, man, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and come to you, man. What was what, what was uh, some, some things that caught your eye uh, in week two of college basketball, man? Yeah, man. I think um, you know going in, into week two, man. Um, I think I think UVA, man, surprised me again. Um, obviously, we know that they were defeated by San Francisco last week in week one. Um, week two, man, they they take. You know, they eventually get a victory over Kent State in overtime, though, man. I mean, UVA, I know they're, they're I guess, still technically the defending national championships. There was no United champ last year, but thus far, they've had a tough out when it comes to mid-majors. Um, they barely sneak by Kent State, so shout out to those guys out of the MAC program in the Midwest. Um, another thing that, that kind of caught my eye was Wyoming being able to go to Corvallis and defeat Oregon State on the road. Um, they used a 10-2 to run in the last minute and 30 seconds to pull that one off, and Obviously, when you're on the road, um, it's definitely not easy to go ahead and do that down the stretch. So, you know, shout out to those guys. Oregon State is definitely a well-coached team. They have a talented player in Ethan Thompson over there who can fill it up uh, quickly. So I think, you know, Wyoming being able to go in there and, and get a quality win um, is is big time, man. I also, also uh, while we're talking about the Mountain West, um, UNLV was also able to defeat Kansas State. Now, I know both of these teams have gotten off to a rough start um, thus far, you know, but um, I think the fact that UNLV was able to go ahead and go and uh, secure a Power 5 win for the Mountain West Conference was big time. Um, on episode one, we mentioned you know, the strength of the WCC and potentially being able to kind of surpass the Mountain West as that kind of ne- that next, you know, major out west. You know, you obviously, we have out east, we have the A-10, who's kind of widely recognized as the best major conference on the East Coast. Um, out West, it, it's it's traditionally been the Mountain West, but we've seen the WCC recently, um, you know, have a surge. Obviously, we know what, what, what we're getting out of Gonzaga. San Francisco has been huge. You know, we got BYU, uh, St. Mary, Santa Clara, Pepperdine. So, you know, we know that WCC definitely is surging, but the Mountain West definitely had a strong week. Uh, we know that Wyoming, like I mentioned, was able to go to Oregon State, get a win, UNLV over Kansas State, and also San Diego State 
was also able to um, debut in the top 25. They debut at number 24. They're undefeated this season at 4-0. and um, So thus far, my West Conference is looking strong. We know San, San Diego State had a great year last year, obviously, before the shutdown. So it seems like they're able to, they were able to, um, you know, keep that momentum going into this season. They're off to a great start. So, you know, we'll see what, they, what they're going to be able to do going forward. Yeah, nah, the Mountain West has definitely gotten off to a great start uh, over these first two weeks of the season. Um, you, you, you mentioned Wyoming getting that huge win uh, in Corvallis over Utah State. In episode one, I, talk, I talked a lot about Utah State in that game. Um, Utah State and BYU was one that, that I pointed out to watch uh, this last weekend, and BYU was able to, to edge Utah State by three points. So um, one, uh, one point for the WCC uh, over the Mountain West in, in, in that aspect. Um, Nevada um, out of the Mountain West, also picked up a, a great win this weekend, went went to Nebraska and won. Um, and then uh, also, but Nevada then turned around and lost to San Francisco. So the the, the uh, WCC was able to kind of get even there um, and, and even the score. Actually, no, WCC is 2-0, I guess, in, in, in this weekend's matchups um, against the Mountain West with San Francisco beating Nevada and then uh, with BYU over over uh, Utah State. So, uh, hey, man, the, the WCC might uh, make in their case for, for the best um, mid-major conference out west uh, definitively. Um, uh, uh, some other things that happened over the weekend, I mean, uh, just yesterday, um, Walford just nearly lost to, to Richmond. Obviously, Richmond had that big win um, in week one uh, over Kentucky. Walford, a uh, school out of the SoCon, who we talked a whole lot about um, over that first weekend and definitely going to talk a lot about them this episode as well, SoCon is, is one of the best mid-major conferences um, on the East Coast. Um, one team that I also, I also had another big win we mentioned last week was South Dakota State. Um, South Dakota State um, beat Iowa State and Bradley this week. Um, that's a team, again, out of the Summit League that is going to be a major, major player uh, come March. South Dakota State, for everybody watching this podcast, man, mark them on your, on, on your, on your calendars, man. Circle those guys. Come March, those guys are going to be your, your, your 12-5, your, your 13-4 upsets. Um, they're going to be in that conversation, man. Um, talked a little bit earlier about the SoCon with, with, with Walford and, and Richmond. Um, the SoCon had a great, great, great week, weekend of college basketball. Um, Mercer went over, and they beat Georgia Tech and Georgia State. After Georgia Tech just had that victory over Kentucky, man. So um, that was a huge win for the SoCon. Um, and then, obviously, we, we talked about uh, Furman who was supposed to play Richmond over the weekend, but Richmond had had that uh, had to go on pause for COVID-19. Uh, that was going to be a huge, huge matchup, man. So SoCon, in my opinion, is, is one of the best mid-major conferences uh, out on the East Coast. Obviously, we talked a lot about the A-10 in Episode 1, um, but the SoCon is going to be right there, man, with, with your Furmans, uh, Mercers, Walfords. Um, those, those three teams, I think, are going to be extremely good um, out of the SoCon this season, man. Um, but... Uh, like we said before, man, uh, th- those weren't the only conferences uh, to 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 have played this weekend. The MAC also had had some games this weekend, man. So why don't we get into some smack talk, Drew? For sure, for sure. Um, first of all, when we talk about smack talk, man, I gotta give a shout out to uh, our wonderful uh, Facebook Facebook friend who uh, who gave us that name. Um, her name is is, is is evading me right now, but shout out to the key journal in the group chat uh, for the name smack smack talk. So um, into the MAC. Um, Iona was able to pick up their first win of the season. Also, uh, we saw them obviously take on Seton Hall. Um, Seton Hall was able to beat them pretty convincingly. So Iona was able to get on the board, get their first win. Um, they were supposed to obviously play Quinnipiac this Friday to open up MAC play, but now we know that that game will not happen. Um, we're, we're, we're hearing that that game is going to take place now the weekend of January 8th and 9th. 
um, which is when they were actually originally supposed to play um, before Monmouth, who was shut down, uh, who was originally going to open up against Quinnipiac, and they had to do a little bit of shuffling and rearranging. So now Quinnipiac goes back to their original schedule to where they'll face Iona on that January 8th, 9th. Um, but, yeah, they were able to pick up that first win of the, of the season. Um, Quinnipiac was also able to get back 500, get back to 500, excuse me, um, with a win over uh, New Hampshire after suffering two losses at Mohegan Sun to Drexel on back-to-back days. So um, that was also great. Um, Maris also was able to beat Binghamton twice. Um, so a lot of good teams that were able to kind of pick up some wins over the weekend in the MAC. Um, we saw, like I mentioned, Iona, Quinnipiac, and Maris all picking up wins. So um, a few MAC teams getting on the board. But as we know, man, we still have, you know, Quinnipiac that, that just got shut down. Uh, Sienna has yet to play a game. Mama has yet to play a game. So uh, there's still a lot to 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 be uh, figured out in the MAC. We don't really know what that conference is going to look like because we haven't seen a lot of teams take the court yet. Yeah, for sure. And I actually went back and, and did a little bit of digging. I found the person who came up with with, with, with the smack talk idea. We got John Soupy Arthur. So if you're listening to this man, big shout out to you for for the for the smack talk idea. That 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 was that was classic, man. So, but yeah, man, the the, the MAC is going to be an interesting conference, man. We just seen. Quinnipiac is going to have to go on a 14-day quarantine today. Also, um, Siena um, announced they're going to have to also quarantine for, for 14 days. Um, Monmouth has yet to play a game this season. Siena has yet to play a game this season, man. So there's going to be a lot of uncertainty heading, in, heading into that conference schedule um, with teams, you know, having not played games. Team, some teams like Quinnipiac was able to get four games in, man. St. Peter's have been able to, to, to play a couple games. I think we saw them um, beat Stony Brook, and they also defeated LaSalle. Um, so they're going to be a major player um, uh, in the match. They, they, they've been able to stay healthy for the most part, knock on wood. I mean, it seems like every day, you know, things things change with respect to, to this COVID thing, man. So it's, it's going to be a wild year in the MAC, man. There's definitely a, um, a whole lot of good teams. The MAC is always a, a conference where, you know, there's a whole lot of parity. Nobody ever really runs away with the league. Um, obviously, I think this year, Siena and St. Peter's are probably the, the, the two best teams in the MAC. And then I think that next tier, you know, your Quinnipiacs, your Mama, your Manhattan, your Iona, um, Niagara, all those teams are kind of probably falling that, to that second tier. So that, that three through six, seven, eight um, um, seeding uh, in the MAC is, is going to be extremely, extremely competitive this season. Obviously, we know after the first five seeds uh, get that get that first round by in the MAC tournament. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who, who comes out of that out of that pack um, with that buy, man. We're going to go ahead and get you guys over to the interview with Quinnipiac men's basketball. We have Baker Dunleavy and Jacob Bergoni. So we're going to go ahead and get you guys over to that interview right now. All righty, guys, All Facts Media here. My name is Andrew Robinson. I'm joined, as always, by my twin brother, Aaron Robinson. Today, we have special guests. We have the Quinnipiac Men's Basketball Program. We have head coach Baker Dunleavy and sharpshooter Jacob Bergoni. So, you guys, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to be here. Yes, sir. Couldn't get the first episode. Episode two, though. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, hey, listen, man. We're glad to have you guys on, man. And um, definitely just want to start off by just um, thanking you guys for coming on. Obviously, as as some of you guys may know, um, me and Ace played at Quinnipiac for four amazing years. Um, had the pleasure of playing under Coach Dunley for two years. So, um, kind of just kind of want to start off, Coach, by asking you, man. Like, obviously, you know, from when me and Ace were there, you know, your first year. Um, now going into year four of, of your, your coaching era at Quinnipiac, what's different? You know, looking back at kind of when you first got the job, 
obviously to now, just thinking back, you know, what have you learned? Um, what have you kind of implemented and changed from, from year one to year four? Kind of what's the whole journey been like throughout the, this four years? Yeah, it, it's um, and you guys, you guys, um, you know, had a first first hand look at it, and and you can you can attest to uh, how kind of just it's a little bit of a whirlwind when there's a coaching change, especially for players. I mean, for me, obviously, my first head coaching job, trying to figure out a new environment for you guys. I mean, all you guys that love Quinnipiac and and were dedicated to the school and were awesome enough to stay and, and give me your trust. You guys know how it is. It's it's. Um, Anytime something's new, it's interesting, right? But you also have to figure out how to make it work for you. And one thing I was blessed to have is, like, although I didn't recruit you guys personally, have guys on the roster and it's a credit to Coach Moore, they were just really good guys, fun guys to be around, worked hard, uh, and, and, again, gave me your guys' trust. I mean, I think of that first year where you guys um, were there. We didn't have the best record, but we played our best basketball at the end of the year, you know, which I thought – still one of the best accomplishments we've had is how well we played at the end of that season. And a, a big part of that was like, you guys, you guys, Dooley, all those just kept coming to practice with a great attitude, positivity. I was like, hey, let's keep doing this. And um, that's, that's what we've really been able to build on uh, is, is just that mindset. And it was easier to try and create that um, given, you know, your guys' influence and the guys that were, were good enough to stay and, and give me their trust. So, the things that, that are different is, is just more familiarity with the school. Um, obviously, we've, we've brought in guys um, that, that I think really are, are bought into what we're trying to do. And uh, the, the, the toughest part is the, the, um, the challenge to mature, grow, and stay consistent. You know, I think we've got good young players. We have good veterans. But, um, you know, keeping that roster consistent, having guys grow within the program, and, um, and just – keep improving but it's no different than 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 anywhere else and I think it's probably more boring from a coach's perspective it's just um actually probably more interesting from from your guys and Jake right right now the big news of the day that you guys are gonna have to go on pause due to a positive test for COVID-19 um what was your reaction when you first found out and how did you inform the team um when the news broke yeah, I think all coaches are just going to give you the same answer when you find out. You're just so crushed for your guys because now hard they work. And uh, and also, like, how much our guys – I mean, I've seen it, how much they've sacrificed in terms of social life and just everything, just being locked in their rooms and not seeing anybody else and uh, not going to restaurants, the, the whole thing. So I, I've seen them sacrifice, and it's like, damn, we're trying to do everything perfect, and you still have a case through nobody's fault. So felt for them mostly. And, um, you know, as we do every time uh, adversity strikes, we just talk about, like, hey, what, how can we make this – it's never going to be the best-case scenario, but how can we turn it into a positive? We got four games in, got a lot of video to watch. We can get in-depth our film sessions. Um, you know, we can find ways to kind of lock in a little bit more on, all right, what, what are we doing well? What do we need to get better at? I think for coaches, we can regroup and get healthy. We got some guys banged up. So we'll use it in that way. But, man, I think we were really excited to get our MAC uh, season started on Friday. But uh, we, we, don't, we don't make some of these choices. You know, we're, we're, we're humble enough to know that uh, there's, there's a bigger power out there making a lot, of these, a lot of these decisions for us. Right. Now, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, going really in-depth with the film session. Um, what are you guys going to be doing during this time to kind of make sure you guys are staying sharp from a physical standpoint? Can you guys do, like, Zoom workouts or are you guys going to be doing stuff in their rooms? Like, what does that look like um, if you can do anything at all? 
Well, I mean, you'd know what my film sessions were like if you weren't always asleep in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to get you first today. You got me first last night. Um, now, yeah, it's, you know what it is? You got to manage it because, like, as a coach, it's like, all right, we need to do an hour of film every day on Zoom, and we need this, and we need that. But as you guys know, it's like, it becomes very monotonous, Zoom life, and um, you got to shake it up a little bit and try and, like, make sure it's quality over quantity. Like, don't do it just to do it, but make sure there's very specific, very to-the-point things that we're teaching as opposed to, like, you know, when I clip up a game and I'm watching a game, by the end I got this whole sorter of clips that's, like, offense, defense, ball screens, everything, right? And if you just go through it, the guys are going to just absolutely – not know kind of uh, the purpose for it. They're just going to listen to me talk. And that, that's not what I want it to be. So attack very specific angles. And then, um, you know, every once in a while, mix in something that's more team building than just basketball. Okay. Now, obviously, like you said before, the guys were, were all excited. You guys were all excited for this Friday game um, against Iona. Um, I see that, there, that there's a gap between you guys play at Marist January 1st and 2nd and then at Monmouth, uh, I think it's the weekend of the 15th. And then Iona also have that gap the same weekend that you guys do. Is the plan to play them that January, I think it's the 8th and 9th weekend, or is that what's, what's going to Probably. Happen? That was our original date to play. So what happened was they were going to play Monmouth opening weekend and Monmouth at a, a pause. Mm-hmm. So like we were supposed to actually have our buy this coming weekend. Oh. So what they did was they pulled us out of our buy to play Iona. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know it's, it's like, it's crazy to keep track of, but now we'll kind of revert back to our original schedule. Now we do have a buy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have a buy this weekend and our original date to play Iona was January 8th. And that'll, that'll continue to be the case. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So now, as far as like with the protocols, like is this a 10-day quarantine or 14-day quarantine? And when will you guys be able to resume back basketball activities, um, game activities? When will your next game be? Like what does that look like going forward? Yeah, I think like with these, you got to go through all the scenarios. So we have um, we had one positive case. If that continues to be the case, uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at 14 days. And, and even though the CDC has announced some alternate options, um, I think local health officials here and certainly at our school believe that 14 days is, is still the appropriate amount in terms of, you know, your, your uh, responsibility to public health. So as of right now, we're looking at 14 days and, um, you know, we're just hoping that we can, we can keep it to, to one positive, but the way this thing spreads the next, we're going to just keep testing, keep testing, keep testing and, and, and we'll evaluate as we go. So, you know, if it's one case and um, we can get this quarantine done, it's, it makes it pretty simple. But um, if pops it pops up, pop up, you just handle them accordingly. Yeah. Now, for you, Jake, obviously you're entering year four, man. And obviously, me and Drew remember when you were sprite little freshman coming on campus, man. And, uh-huh. and now, obviously, four years later, you're closing in on the thousand point mark. You're one of the best three point shooters to have come through the program. Um, what has your journey been like over these four years um, in Hamden? I would say it's been a lot of fun. Um, that's been the biggest thing. I think the people that I've met has been been amazing. And it's been the, the best four years of my life. I think I'm really thankful for the, the opportunity Coach Dunleavy's given me uh, to come to school over here and, and the people that I've met. That's been the biggest thing that stood out to me. There's been a lot of ups and downs um, on and off the court. But I think sort of our philosophy of attitude has, has really helped me um, just in life. And I think um, that's something we'll carry with me throughout the rest of my life. And and lean, lean on the values that we, we sort of instill as a team. 
like coach, obviously this has been one of the most puzzling years um, as far as the coronavirus and the pandemic. What has it been like for you trying to coach the team throughout all this chaos where you don't really know what tomorrow will look like as far as if you're going to be practicing, if you're going to be playing a game? You know, what, what has that been like for you trying to get these guys ready to play a game? It's been wild. It, it's um, it's been It's been a challenge for everybody. I think what Jake mentioned, we talk all the time about it, just being able to handle adversity and and you know, you guys know we talk about attitude all the time and just how much of life you don't really control. I mean, nobody knows that better than you guys. And, and um, you know, your real, your real calling card in life is how you respond to adversity and how you keep kind of getting up off the floor and keep fighting. So, you know, I think we've learned really to, more than anything, plan the best we can for, like, today and tomorrow. And then everything else is etched in pencil. You know, we're just ready to adjust and, and, and control what we can. But I, I will say, like, our team – uh, I know for a fact uh, has sacrificed a ton and you know, we have not been shut down as many times as a lot of teams out there. And um, Hey, listen, I mean, if you get this thing, it's hard to avoid it, honestly, but to avoid it, you got to just be super diligent. And I think our guys have done that. Not that we've been perfect, but they've, they've done a really good job of, of sacrificing. So it's been easier um, relatively kind of because of their dedication and how much they want to have a season. But still, I mean, it's been tough to plan. It's been tough to uh, – man, you guys know how, how great college summers are in terms of improvement in the weight room and getting on the court and improving your skill set. Just for our guys not to have that alone was really tough. And um, like I said, I, I'm very pleased with the approach our guys have shown. And it's not a normal year. Like, we're not where we probably should be given it's, you know, early December. but this unique year and our guys have handled it really well. Yep. Now, Jake, um, obviously you were in Australia um, o- o- over the spring and summertime period. So you, you know, had a completely different perspective from the guys that were at least, you know, able to be in the States. Um, what were you doing, you know, d- during the shutdown, kind of try to try to stay involved, try to stay ready. Um, I know the, the virus didn't affect Australia the same way that it did uh, here in the States. So what was it like over there trying to prepare for a season, um, you know, d- d- during this pandemic? They were misreporting over there in Australia. They weren't reporting the real numbers. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were in lockdown for, for probably the first month I was home in April after coming back. Um, but it was, it was different. It was, it was hard. Like I wanted to – initially I thought I'd go home for a couple of months and probably come back um, for summer one and we would you know, get ready for summer one and then that didn't happen and then summer two didn't happen. But I think – it didn't change anything at the end of the day. I kept, kept working hard and I was lucky to, to be able to have access to great resources in the gym, um, to be able to train with my, my old club back home, Stur, and some of the professional guys and just play pickup and work out, work out by myself. And then mom helped me a lot. You know, mom, mom and dad, um, she, she rebounded a lot at the old high school. So she got me in there, which was fun. We had some good times. If you um, weren't going to mention that, I was, I was going to jump in there and give her <laughs> some yeah, look, she, right? I'm like, don't talk about your club. I had you to were, get that in you there. probably played the club for two weeks. Your mom was rebounding for you and putting you through drills. <laughs> six, six months, yeah. Let's give credit where it's due. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I think the biggest thing for us as a team was just communication and staying in touch. I think it's easy to – so we'll go your separate ways when you're not together. But I think we did a great job of communicating in our group chat and, and just guys one-on-one, everyone reaching out to different guys and checking in on them physically and making sure that we're getting in work and preparing to come back when it's time. But also mentally as well, I think we're all leaning on each other as well because it, it was a tough time for, for some guys. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, for you, Coach, man, obviously you guys just have, you know, begun the season, you've played four games. Um, thus far, you got a 2-2. Two and two. What are your thoughts on just how you guys have begun the season thus far? Um, what do you guys need to improve on? Um, what do you – are any, you know, playing surprises thus far throughout the season? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, we, we've had four games. Uh, we, we had a game scheduled against Maine. That one was canceled due to COVID. Um, you know, we went to Mohegan. We were supposed to have like six or seven different opponents. They got cycled through, ended up playing Drexel twice, who's an excellent team, really well. You guys know them. They, you know, they're, they're well-coached, good program. So I thought, um, you, know, you know what I would liken it to is, like when you have those first scrimmages behind closed doors every year in October, that's like what these games felt like because you haven't, you haven't gone against anybody else yet and you normally have those to kind of get the rust off. That's what these games have felt like, even though they count, you know, they're, they're, they're real games. So um, I think we've, I think we've, uh, the best thing about our team so far is I think we have good players and I think we have guys that are just trying to figure out what the coaches want them to do, which is, which is a good combination. And sometimes that can produce good results and sometimes it can result, uh, result in thinking. And I just think we have some new guys that are still thinking a little bit and that's only natural, but uh, I've been really pleased with the guys' concentration level, preparation, taking everything seriously, playing. We played very hard. I think we have played hard um, in terms of execution and doing what we're supposed to do. You know, we just – we have a ways to go. It's Like I said, it's not a normal um, improvement arc. You know, it's not a normal December. So, you know, we're probably somewhere where we would normally be in mid-October, late October, and, and that's okay. That's what it is right now. But I like our guys' uh, attention right now to detail and improvement, and I think if that stays – you know, we'll be fine by the end of the year. But, um, you know, we really, really have been honing in on the defensive end and, and spent probably 75, 80% of our time in our man-to-man defense. So I, I like where that is in terms of um, just as, as a base. But we got a lot of, lot of kind of kinks to iron out. Yeah. Yep. Now, Coach, one thing that, that I've noticed watching you guys is that, you know, there's <laughs> – this year's team, more than in years past, is, is, is extremely balanced. Obviously, you, 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 uh, in past years, obviously, there, there was a guy like a Cam Young that's taking a bunch of shots. Or a guy like, you know, your Rich Kelly and Kevin Marfos. Or, not, 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 not even that Kevin was taking a lot of shots. Don't get me in trouble. Don't get of me course, in trouble. Of course, of course. But there was – one thing I noticed about this team is that you guys are really unselfish. Like, nobody really cares who, uh, um, who gets the credit. You know, you, you guys have had different leading scores throughout the first few games. You guys have had some young guys like Ty Moore who have stepped up. Um, um, early on, um, what do you think? What do you what do you think about this team's unselfishness and, and the way that guys, you know, there's so many different ways that you guys can be successful. You know, even a guy like Tyrese, who who's been injured the past few, uh, few games, coming back into the lineup hopefully at some point in time. Um, so what do you think about about the, the different ways that you guys can be successful this year um, with, with this team? Yeah, I think it starts with you know like we don't have a lot of we have one senior uh, and we have Jack Higgins who's a walk on for us who's a senior as well who's who's a big integral part of what, what we do. I mean he's he's there at practice every day working hard setting the tone, and obviously Jacob and those guys um, they they set the tone for that. You know like like Jake said over the summer handling communication making sure the guys are together uh, coming back. You know this is Jake's senior year and. You know, Jake wants to have a great senior year, and he wants to be a pro. And so if guys see him panicking over that or talking about his role and shots, then it, it, it trickles down. But the opposite is true, too. They see him the way he handles himself. You know, he, he's, his priority is, is winning and, and his teammates. So, you know, we talked about that in the locker room after our game last night. That's what it's going to be with this team. The strength of this team is going to be in numbers and, and the different guys can step up different nights. 
you know, knowing that our, where we know where our leadership comes from, but sometimes the numbers will come from different places. And that has to not only be okay with everybody, that's got to, that's got to be something everybody's excited about. And so far that's been the case. And then you see if that can last over a whole season. I think it can. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's, I would have been really excited to play on this team, you know, with, with the ball spreading around. Instead of camping, <laughs> every night. She's coach. I credit for that. It was partially my fault, but Cam, Cam get buckets. Cam, Cam, Cam sure get some buckets. So we had to let him go sometimes. He sure did. Now, Coach, yeah, um, did. I think something that you said was very interesting about, you know, you said um, you guys are practicing about 75 to 80% uh, man-to-man. Uh, we noticed last year you guys played a lot of zone. Uh, I remember when we were there, you guys didn't – we didn't play – that much zone at all? Like, do you think this is you guys are going to go back to playing a lot more zone or back to the man-to-man? What are you guys looking to do, to do on, on the end of the ball this season? Yeah, I mean, I think as, as unfair as it is sometimes, I think a lot of the ways uh, in terms of ways you play basketball has to do with not only your personnel, which should be number one, like what do your players do well, but also like as a coach, what do you believe in? You know, and I think one thing last year, our personnel, I think at times how big we were, the best thing for us um, was zone the, in terms of when we had lineups with, you know, a, a five man and two four men on the floor together, just getting your best players out there. Uh, you got to defend what suits them best. But I think we have a really good personnel this year for man to man. I think we have a, um, a team that's working on getting connected, like playing on a string. We have good individual defenders. We have, we have probably more athleticism than we've had. I think we have a good man-to-man personnel, and, and it's something that I probably, to be honest, believe in a little bit more, even though we coached – I thought we coached the zone well last year. Our guys learned the zone well last year. Um, but by the end of the year, we played more man. And, and I want to say, and Jake could probably speak to this, that like I think players want to play man. You know, I really do. I think they want to guard their man. I think they want to, there's a, um, you know, there's a level of responsibility uh, in man that I think guys take ownership of. And um, I think our guys feel that way. And and so far I've been happy with it. Not to say that we won't play zone, um, but it'll be more of something we use to to mix it up. Now, Jacob, for, for, for you, man, obviously we use the word attitude you know, on, on this call a lot and throughout, throughout the program. You're still wearing it. Oh, yeah, my guy Drew definitely, definitely is, is still wearing the, the attitude shirt to this day. But for those of taking it off. But also, listening to this show who don't know what attitude is, from a player perspective, you know, what is attitude for the viewers? Um, kind of fill them in on, on, on what this word is that, that, that's so prevalent um, in this program. Uh, attitude is so we can't always control um, what happens to us, but we can always control how we respond to it. And I think in life, we, we never know what's going to hit us. And especially in these times, it's like a great example of it. You can, like you, yourself, like you created this um, this podcast for yourself and your facts media um, in a time when things are difficult and it's easy to, you could easily shut it down and feel sorry for yourself. But we're all going through the same thing. So I think it's how you respond to that. And we use that on the court. Like, whether you're making or missing shots, there's a lot of other things we can do on the floor um, to contribute to winning. Now, Coach, um, we, we spoke to King Rice a little bit earlier about the, the max schedule and about how this year obviously is a lot different when you're playing, you know, the same opponent back-to-back um, each weekend. Um, what are your thoughts on just the schedule for this season um, with these back-to-back games? How do you think that's going to, you know, impact you guys going forward? 
Well, I just think everything comes down to number one, health and safety, and um, trying to keep our players as healthy as possible. And then number two, being able to get games in. So as much as a coach, you know, it's kind of funky playing the same team two days in a row. And you wouldn't, uh, I probably wouldn't design it that way in a normal year. But I think in this year, it's a no brainer. And given the priorities we set, it's the way to do it. So with that, it'll alter the way we kind of handle our work week, uh, the way we handle preparation. And um, there will be a newness to that for everybody. But like I said, I think it's the right thing to do. And in a way, it's kind of cool. You know, it's almost like baseball. You know, like, you know, teams come into town, they play they play a homestand, and you play the same team a few days in a row. For us, you know, we're going to go into, you know, to win two in a row, you got to win the first one. And we got to really prioritize that first game. And then we did this against Drexel in terms of prep. It's like, all right, you know, the next morning you get together. And um, it's like, from a coach's perspective, hey, do what I told you to do last night, okay? No, but, you know, a couple of minor, a couple of minor adjustments if they're there, but you got to keep it super simple and prioritize recovery uh, because I think in that second half of that second game, guys' legs are going to go and it's going to come down to, like, guts, you know, and who can play harder and just kind of push through that last 10, 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. Now, Jacob, for you, I mean – this year, last year in Hamden, um, obviously you were, you were um, able to land a spot in the preseason all-MAC team. Um, what do you want your lasting legacy to be um, in Hamden when, you, when it's all said and done after this season? Um, I think to obviously go out on top would be, would be the goal for me this year. And I think that's just setting the tone every day with my leadership and – and being a guy that is remembered as an everyday guy and someone that, that showed up every day and was working, that did a lot of extra work to, to put myself in the position that I'm in. And I think if I can impart that on as many guys as they can, it would be, it'd be a great achievement of mine. And obviously, once I'm done here, I want to see the, see the program be really successful for, for years to come as well. So that's important to me. But yeah, I think having, just having a great year as a team and, and having that ultimate success at the end of the year. And I think we can have a great chance of doing that. We have like I said, we, or coach said, we, um, that first year we had together was, was really important. Like we didn't, we didn't have a lot of wins to start the year. And I think every day we just, guys showed up and we were able to have that end result with a couple of wins in the MAC tournament because of that. And I think the credit to the leaders we had that year. And I think like you guys and our, and our senior captains that year did a great job of just bringing it every day. And that's something I want to, want to empire as well so we can, we can have that success towards the end of the year as well. Sure. Now, Jacob, um, obviously, you know, you're, you're closing in this year on a thousand point mark. Uh, you also have a chance to go down as the all-time leader in, in three-point field goals made. You know, as, as, as fellow shooters, man, I'm, I'm definitely happy for you, man. Um, as just seeing, seeing you grow as far as, um, you know, your Thank progression you. in your game, man. Um, but, you know, what would that mean to you to kind of leave Quinnipiac, you know, um, with, as that thousand point score, all-time leader in, in three-point field goals made? I mean, what, what would that mean to you? Yeah, I suppose it's something you don't really think about what it what it means until until it happens, I guess. And um, I guess I got to keep keep working hard and just controlling what I am and keep playing my role in the team, and and that'll take care of itself. But yeah, it would be would be a great honor. Um, I think just representing my family and that'd be a great achievement for all of us and everyone that's put in the time and effort to develop my game. And I think it's a big reflection on them and the coaching staff are believing in me. I think to, to achieve things like that, you need an opportunity to play for, for nearly four years. Unless you, unless you can, you can get it in one. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just really thankful to have been able to learn and grow here. And I think I've had great teammates along the way. You obviously 
don't get as many threes as I, as I do without without guys throwing the ball. So, um, yeah, I'm lucky for the guys that we've had here. Is there a shout out to the vitamins, man. Getting their shots up every day, coach. Uh, that vitamins. Is right. <laughs> yeah, Drew was chasing a lot of my rebounds around one of those summers. A lot of long rebounds. Hey, man, we won't chase anybody else's rebounds, man. <laughs> Nah, but the, the the one guy that I wish I had a chance to work out with Ty Moo this summer, um, one, one time in Baltimore, and um, that that specific, I don't know if it was a bad day for him or or if, or if it was just you know a testament to the vitamins because he he been shooting the ball really well these first couple of games and I, and I was thinking, like, hey man, that, that those guys must be getting getting in a a, a, a a whole lot of vitamins, uh, you know, per, per, per usual. But I mean, coach, I mean, <laughs> for, for for you, man, I mean, what is what is where does, you know, obviously when, when, when we were there that first summer, we were doing like, you know, every, um, every day, um, the vitamins, you know, b- before practice in, in the summer. Is that something that you guys still do? Um, and and is, is, it, is it different? You know, what, what does that look like not, um, not nowadays um, with, 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 the, with the vitamins? Ace, did you teach him the double cross step back three? Hey, man, I didn't teach him that, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he was looking at some film or something, man, you know? <laughs> now nah, he's been, he's been shooting the ball really well, oh, man. Like, like I've seen him before. I don't know if, if that was, if that workout in the summer was an anomaly, because he didn't shoot it well that day. Like, I, I was like, man, I don't know, can this guy shoot? Then I watched the game, I'm like, hold on, this dude, three for five from three, like, I don't know. So, yeah, now he puts in the work. What the method behind the matters to this? Yeah, um, I think you rubbed off on him. I think I, I was. I think your confidence rubbed off on him. He is confident, you know. <laughs> and uh, it reminds yes. me of like when I uh, when I coached Josh Hart at Villanova. He came in and he he didn't have a very like sound mechanical shot, so we had to make a lot of changes. But like so, like he would come into practice, changing his shot, wouldn't make them. But in the games, he's coming. He's firing, you know, because he he had a great belief in himself. And we, he would take shots and be like, no, no. And then they're going like, all right, you know, like he just, <laughs> he's a shooter. Because part of being a great shooter is the confidence level and the work ethic. And I think that's what Tai Mu has, has shown is, and we're four games in, right? But um, he's really, he's, he's taken time to make some changes and he's worked really hard and he's confident. So I think those would be the main three things, but it's hard to be a great shooter without um, good fundamentals, practice, and then also having that belief in yourself. But the good thing for him, and and like Jake had ten rebounds yesterday. You know what I mean? Like that's that's uh, that's stepping up. That's big time. And what we talk to our guys, you guys know it is like, you know, we like to have the freedom. Like if you're open from three, I want you to shoot the ball. But the confidence you get comes from I don't need to make this shot to help my team win, right? If, if I'm only out here to make this shot, well then if I miss, I should come out. But if I'm, if I'm missing shots, but like time to rebound the ball, I guess deflections, block shots, that's what we really want to promote to those guys. And if we're not playing hard doing those things, it doesn't matter if you make shots. So I've been a two-way player to this point, and I think Jake's been a really good example for him and, and, and our older guys just for setting the tone on how we want to do things. Sure. Now, um, on a little bit of a, of a lot of note, man, like thinking back to what me and, uh, me and Ace were at QU, man, what do, what do you, was one thing you guys uh, remember, good, bad, uh, just, I guess, uh, just, uh, uh, just being in, in the locker room with us um, back in back our time. I, I want to hear from both of you guys on this one. <laughs> Give you a chance to get your shot back, Coach. I mean, Drew took a stab at you earlier, so now it's time for you to get us back, you know? Yeah, I, got, I, got, I got a couple. Uh, <laughs> I'll let I'll let Jake take the floor. He might he might use one of mine. Yeah, as soon as you said that, the first thing that came to mind was when someone got a little sleepy in the front row of film one time. 
I don't I remember even that. remember that. That happened? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, never forget that. Yeah, I think that yeah. might have been like one of your first film sessions too. It was it was early on. You guys eat so much, man. I can't imagine not taking a nap after you guys have all the food we gave you. Shoot. <laughs> That's one thing I do miss. Those meals were definitely <laughs> definitely top tier. It ain't like that anymore, man. Uh, coronavirus wiped out our, our team meals. We just were all grab and go, one container. You guys would oh, hate it. That was not a song with me, man. I need more than one go around for sure. I remember, I do remember, uh, we went on the road and we played um, in that, in the Paradise Jam, and there was a hurricane in the Virgin Islands, so it got relocated to uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, right? (laughs) Paradise Jam in Lynchburg, Virginia at Liberty, and um, like, you know, we're down there, and we go to, it was like Chili's or something like that, and you guys were like, I was like, hey, what can we order? I'm like, I don't know, do whatever you want. You're like, whatever we want? (laughs) <laughs> and, and I saw when we left there, you dudes, man, like you weren't the only ones, but dudes had like trays of to-go. I'm like, they didn't eat here. My coach was like, no, they, they ate here too. No, they're, 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 just, they're just ordering extra. I was like, all right, I got to be a little bit more literal when I say whatever whatever you want. But, um, but no, I, I would say the thing I remember the most about you guys, and, and this is kind of what we touched on earlier, was like, I just remember in your first year, we had – game after game where we were in it at the end and there's something would something went wrong, you know, and uh, double overtime, overtime, we, we were losing, you know, we, we, we got off to a good start and then we went on a losing streak. And I was just like, these guys deserve to win. You know, they're putting in the work. They got great attitudes. They deserve to win. And you guys, you, Al, um, you know, Isaiah, like the guys that were older on that team, Dooley, came in every day and I would just come into practice like, all right, I got to find a way to breathe life and positivity into these guys because they're going to be, they're going to be crushed. We just lost in double overtime and they, they played their hearts out. And I would come into practice and it would be like loud. Everybody would be like ready to go. Uh, you know, you guys were pumping dudes up. There was enthusiasm. And like, that is such an incredible life skill. And again, to this day, one of the proudest things I've, I've done in coaching is be able to have a team who by no fault of their own, like we were losing seven out of eight games, whatever it was, we were getting better. And the reason we were, we were able to use those practices to get better. And then by the end of the year, you know, we win two games in that tournament. We're in the semifinals. We're a possession or two away of getting to the finals. Um, but it's all because of the practices that we had while we were on a losing streak. And you guys, you know, as much as anybody were a huge part of that. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's really what I remember aside from your guys, uh, Eating habits and and uh, less than superb closeouts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the close there we out. go. That's my shot. I'm done. <laughs> Those might never change. We were at comedy. It was like, yo, man, hey, what's up with close you're out? not you're not closeout guys. That's all right. Hey, man, it is what it is. Hot, run them off the line and run them off the line. Right? Run them off the line. <laughs> Now, now, Coach, man, real quick, man. This, it, I don't think it would be it would be fair if we ended this without uh, a little typical, you know, debate. At least I want to hear your your top five guys in the NBA right now. Just like old times, we used to debate at dinner. So, give me your 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 top five guys in the NBA today. Oh wow! I hope I get this right because I would have to. I really, I don't want to be uh, forget somebody. But I mean, it's obviously. I don't think we need to argue. It starts with LeBron. I think. I think personally, the two best players in the league are on the Lakers. I do. I think those I two are the best two. This is amazing. And then I think Kawhi is three. 
and I'm a big Giannis fan, but I do think he's four. Um, five. Give me, give me a couple of candidates for this five. I Kevin want Durant. I have no, Kevin Durant. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, but he's just been – no, 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 he's been – but I'm, gonna, I'm just bumping him down because I don't know what he's going to be after uh, – torn Achilles is. If Kevin Durant was what he was before he stayed, he'd be in the top two. He'd be in the top two. He'd be two to me. Ooh. Couldn't agree more, Coach. But, but again, Achilles, you guys look at the history of guys who've had Achilles, and I think he will come back successfully. Dominique in, in Atlanta came back over Achilles and averaged 30. Who did? Dominique Wilkins in Atlanta tore the Achilles, came back next year, averaged 30 a game. I mean, you can average 30, but – Kevin Durant's more than averaging. Kevin Durant could average 30 on one leg. It's a matter of making your team win. And, and, and Dominique Wilkins never made his team win. So we, so we can debate. Those are two different human beings and players. So Kevin Durant has all the respects in the world for me. Wait, wait. But, yeah, so that's the, probably the top five, depending on his health, where he, where he is in that top five. Who else? Who else am I missing? What else did I get wrong? There's a lot I mean. I couldn't agree more, Coach. I, I would have had the same top five. I mean – Harden, people say Harden should, should be in that in that in that discussion, you know. But um, I like that top five. I'll just have KD at two, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love Harden, but I'm going with, uh, and I think he's an underrated defender. But I'm going with two way defend, two way players only on my top five. Right. Steph Curry's in there as well. This could be another hour the way you guys are going. Yeah, you're coming at me like I, I apologize. I'm not. I'm not coming at KD at all. Dude's been yeah, out for a while. He's a DMV guy. You know, I gotta make make sure I, I shout him out. But we are getting low on time here, so I just want to make sure that I thank you guys for coming on with us. It was a ton of fun as always, man. And I, you know, guys, maybe tuning in on Friday and Saturday and the whole rest of the season, um, watching you guys do great things, man. So thanks a lot for coming on with us today. Now, we'll be tuned in to you, too. Thanks for having us. Great being with yeah, you. Yeah, I just wanted to say congratulations on what you're doing. It's awesome and. One thing that really stood out to me when I first got here was was just how genuinely happy you were for your teammates, and it's it's awesome to see you guys have success now in what you're doing, and and congratulations, and we look forward to seeing you keep growing. Amen. We love you guys. Great job, boys. Thank you, man. Hey, you guys have a great rest of the week. All righty, guys. That was the Quinnipiac Men's Basketball Program. Huge shout out to Coach Baker Dunleavy and uh, Senior Leader Jacob Bergoni. Man, definitely brought back a whole lot of memories. Man, going back to those days in Hamden. Man, those those film sessions, that that calf food. Man, those those, those catered meals we used to get before and have to practice. Man, definitely missed those days. So big shout out to those guys. Um, best of luck to them as they navigate this 14 day shutdown. Um, but man, Drew. I wish I could go back to 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 to, to the days, you know, playing playing at, at the the bank, or I guess now it's the the People's United Center. But you know, for me, it'll always be the bank, man. Nah, for sure, man. I don't I don't appreciate Coach Dunley making fun of our closeouts, man. But we're gonna have to we're gonna have to, to to get back with him on that one, man. But uh, nah, man. Nonetheless, that interview was definitely definitely uh, a walk down memory lane, man. Reminiscing on those great Eli's meals, man. You know, a a, a sleeper, man, was was the York Hill cafeteria, you know. A lot of people was talking about the dorm food. You know, people like to eat on campus nowadays, man. Well, I'll tell you, man, Quinnipiac definitely had great food. If any Quinnipiac students out here listening, if you guys disagree, man, I don't know what to tell you, man, because that Eurokill Calf had the the the, the, the fire, the, was the, the brick oven pizza up there. They had to make your own pasta. They had steak up there, salmon. I mean, we was, we was eating pretty good at Quinnipiac, man. Yeah, yeah, I realize, Drew, you know what I'm saying? Quinnipiac cost north of uh, 60 racks to, to, to even go to the schools. So a lot of these people, you know, they used to eating the, you know, the, the five-star meals. See, me and you, we grew up eating rug soup, you know what I'm saying? So you give me, you a ham and, ham and turkey sandwich, we're going to think it's good. But I yes. must say, 
I must say, man, that York Hill Cap was 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 legendary, man. They, they used to have a brick oven pizza. You walk in there one day, they used to have the shrimp, the steak. You know, so you go on, man, you got the pasta bar, man. They, they, they had the little sushi uh, restaurant down, down on Main, man. The food was elite. I don't know. I used to see my, my, my peers, Snapchat, Instagram stories. I was like, hey, man, our food is way better than that. So I don't know what folks used to be talking about, man. I I, I love Chartwell's. Shout out to all the Chartwell's workers, man. I don't, I don't know if any other one hear this podcast, man. But if any of my Q students are listening to this, man, please, you know what I'm saying, tap in. Let me know what your thoughts, thoughts were on Chartwell's and the QU dining experience. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure, man. But I mean, let's let's talk about it, man. Obviously, we know that Quinnipiac, obviously, they just received that news uh, that they're gonna gonna be shut down. Um, you know, we know what the match is gonna look like. We kind of touched on it earlier with you know the the teams that we're expecting to be good, man. What do you think this this shutdown is gonna is gonna do for Quinnipiac? You think it's gonna hurt their chances of winning the league in the long run? Do you think they'll be all right? I mean, what do you what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing for Quinnipiac is that right now, like Coach Dunleavy said, you know, they had some guys that were banged up. So I think this is going to be huge for them to kind of get get some rest. You know, a guy like Tyrese Williams missed the last three, two, two to three games um, dealing with an ankle injury. And a freshman, Lewis Knight that has missed some time. So I think this is going to be essential for them, for those guys. You know, not they're not playing uh, Iona, they're not playing Manhattan. So they're not they're not going to even play until January 1. So you, you're not looking at, you know, they, they have about – almost a month, you know, three weeks off, basically, um, to nurse these injuries, to, to get healthy, man. So I think for, for them specifically, um, I don't think it'll do much harm. I, mean, I think that they have a young team. Um, I, I think that, that those guys are going to are gonna be find ways to stay active, to stay in shape. Um, so I think this is going to be good for them, man. I mean, obviously, you, you never want to pause for, you know, three weeks in the middle of a season. So, you know, Best case scenario is, is, is obviously not to, to be playing games, but um, I think for, for, for them specifically, because they're nursing some injuries, I think it would be great for them to, you know, get some time off and get healthy, man, and, and head into the, to the January 1 stretch um, at, full, at full strength. Not for sure, man. And, and when it comes to the Mac, man, I mean, I know that, like, like, we, like we mentioned, a lot of teams have not been able to get on the floor yet, but, I mean, I don't know about you, Ace, but I cannot wait to see Mammoth play. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that that backcourt of Donovan Totley and Deion Hammond. You know, we know that team has a ton of seniors um, and, and Malik Martin and, and those guys. Um, but I'm thinking that Donovan Totley and Deion Hammond could be like, you know, Justin Robinson and Michael Seaborn 2.0. Now, we know what Justin Robinson was able to do um, in the MAC. I'm not saying that Donovan Totley is, is Justin Robinson, you know, but – um, I think he has the potential to maybe blossom into that over his career. I think, you know, we, we see the, the similarities, you know, two smaller guards that can put the ball on the floor, very crafty, can score with the best of them. And obviously Deion Hammond is somebody who's probably going to break the all-time three-point record at Monmouth. Um, he's been able to expand his game, as, as we mentioned, talking to King Rice. He's, he's talking about his um, ability to post up now, put the ball on the floor, create his own shot. So um, I'm thinking that, 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 Monmouth, that Monmouth backcourt is going to be extremely, extremely fun to watch this season. You know, it, it definitely will, man. Mama is going to be a huge player um, in the MAC for sure with, with, with Donovan Tolley and, and with Deion Hammond. Um, I, I think Manhattan is a team that not a lot of people, not enough people uh, are talking about, man. The additions of, of Anthony Nelson, Samuel Diallo, and Jason, Jason Douglas Stanley, those three transfers that they were able to get in the spring, um, combining with, with your Samir Stewart, with your Warren Williams, you know, these, these guys that are, that are returning, I think that's going to be a, a huge, huge uh, contribution. Contributing factor for them um, going forward in the MAC. Obviously, we know Steve Masiello is one of the best coaches in the MAC. You know, he's, he's been in the tournament, you know, multiple times. Um, I, I think Manhattan's going to be a team that that if, if they can stay healthy, and it's the same for everybody. Obviously, you know, if you can stay healthy, but I think you know those guys have a chance to be to be really good. I mean, obviously, we know they they they, they, they press the whole game. You know, so you know they have the body, they have the depth to do that at an extremely high level this year. Um, and I think they they, they have. 
the talent, you know, to, to be extremely, extremely successful. So I think that's going to be my, my team to watch um, in the MAC is going to be the Manhattan Jaspers. And so but I think we're going to be in, in for, for a fun year in, in the MAC, man, for sure. Uh, definitely, 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 Ace. Um, now, I, I, I want to get into one of our favorite segments that we have on this show, man, and, uh, you know, the, the the craziest thing that we saw all week, man. And I don't know about you, Ace, but for me, the craziest thing that I saw this week, man, was uh, Ohio. The Ohio basketball team went on a 40 to nothing run against Cleveland State. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar, man, shout out to Cleveland State, you know, Norris Cole. We don't have a great basketball culture, but – I mean, she did something that you normally see when it's like a D1 versus like a D3 or, or a Duke versus like an NAIA school. I mean, these are two mid-major legitimate Division One programs. And, and let me just read you the numbers, eh? So with a minute and 27 seconds left in the first half, the score is 46-25 Ohio. So it's already a 21-point drubbing, okay? Now, we fast forward a little bit to eight minutes and 23 seconds left in the second half. So that's about – 12, 13 minutes passed. It is now 86 to 25. So we got 13 minutes of game time, a 40 to nothing run. I mean, Jesus. They, I mean, they, 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 they couldn't get a free throw ace? Yeah, this, that is, this, that's the most baffling thing to me. I'm like, dude, okay, so, so we're down 20. You know, we're down, we're down about 20 with a minute left in the first half. You know, going to halftime, we're coming out. And sort of against that 10 0 run in the second half, you know, now we're, now we're down 30. Um, I'm going to get to the cup. I'm, I'm going to force my way. You can call it charge, something. I'm getting to the basket. One way or another, I mean, we heard Coach Dunley talk about my confidence earlier. I might even shoot it from, 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 from five second line. I'm getting something going up toward the rim. I'm going to try to get fouled. Like, I don't understand how at this point, 13 minutes of game time passed. We can't get a free throw, a layup. I mean, you can accidentally fall toward the basket and, and, and score. I mean, I mean, the, the, the ref these days, you, you go to the basket and bring on somebody, they lie, they lie, they call a foul. I mean, I, I'm not understanding how it's possible to allow a 40-0 run to happen, and now you're down 60. Like, think about it. You're down 60 points. Like, you would think around 35, something would click and like, all right, let me try something. I mean, whatever we're doing right now ain't working. Let me try something else. But I guess that moment never came to them. I, I'm just – I'm in disbelief. That That is absolutely wild. And like you said, it's not like we're talking about, you know, Duke versus – Appalachian State or, or some, you know, NAIA versus Kentucky or, or some wild this, – these are two major teams. I, I this, this one really put me at a loss for words. I, I was extremely surprised when I saw that. Yeah, man, I, I that that definitely that definitely was was a, a, a shocker for me. Um, but hey, man, I mean, hey, maybe you know, may, maybe Ohio. This is just the you know the the the, the beginning of, of kind of you know a, a great season for them. I will say, man, they do have they do have an NBA prospect over there right now. Um, so for all my listeners right now, man, I'm gonna give you guys a, a, a NBA draft sleeper. Okay, I'm, I'm sure that you guys probably haven't heard his name a lot. If you haven't heard it. I want you guys to, to go right now, go on YouTube, go on Synergy for all my college coaches, college players. Look up the name Jason Preston, okay? He's a 6'4", 180, 190-pound guard. Hey, listen, when I tell you he's going to play in the NBA, I promise you he's, he's – I mean, he looks like he's more about 6'5", 6'6", on, on camera, but he's averaging 19, 7, and 8 assists right now, all right? Shooting 60% from the field. 
He's a big guard. He's efficient. He can score. He can pass. He's a triple triple double threat. Every time he 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 gets on the on the court, he's great in pick and roll. So um you know this is obviously a mid major podcast. So we're gonna highlight this mid major gem right now. Um. I think he's going to be the next great mid-major player to make that jump to the NBA. He's only a junior, so I mean, he he, he could potentially come back for another year. Um, I think if he, if he does what he's supposed to do, he can leave this year. But um, Jason Preston, guys, definitely, definitely um, keep an eye out for him. He's going to be a major, major player this season for Ohio in the MAC conference. All right, man. You, you guys heard it here first. Jason Preston, your newest mid-major sleeper, man. I, I, I definitely agree with you, Drew. I mean, I, I've, I haven't seen him play live, but I've seen some highlights of, the, of that kid, and he's definitely, definitely Hooper, man. Big guard is what we call him over here, man. My guy gets to the cup, he shoots it, um, he dimes out, he can rebound the ball. Um, and as we've seen the past few years, man, the mid-majors, the mid-major players are, are getting extremely, are getting more and more popular um, when it comes to, like, NBA. I mean, we see John Morant got picked second in the draft as a sophomore. I mean, it wasn't like he's a four-year player. This dude was a sophomore who went to the NBA out of Murray State. So, yeah, definitely yeah. going to keep an eye on him, man. For anybody who wants to who wants to watch this guy play live, they're going to be playing Marshall this Sunday at 2 p.m., man. So, if you can get a link to that game, it's not looking like it's going to be on ESPN Plus or anything like that, but if you can get a link to that game, Definitely tune into that to, to, to that one. Um, as for as for the rest of the weekend action, man, there, there definitely a couple games that you're not gonna want to miss. So we're definitely gonna make sure you guys um gonna fill you in on those games. And the first one is gonna be uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the SoCon um, Furman in Cincinnati. That's gonna be happening Wednesday night. So um, as soon as you guys press play on this podcast, man, go ahead and get over to Furman in Cincinnati. It's gonna be happening Wednesday evening, as well as uh, Liberty and Missouri are gonna play uh, Wednesday night. As well, um, obviously, Liberty has already gotten two SEC wins. They've been Mississippi State and they've been South Carolina. They're getting a chance to get their third SEC win. And Drew, I'm going to tell you, I think they're going to do it, man. I think Liberty is going to get their third SEC win of the season. They're going to go and they're going to beat Missouri um, Wednesday evening. Um, Liberty is a team that, that has NCAA tournament experience. Um, they're, they're, they're a senior-led team, man, and they're – they're, they're going to be a tough outcome march, man. We, we gave you South Dakota State earlier. I'm going to give you another one in Liberty as well. Liberty's going to be there come March um, looking for that, getting that 12-5, 13-4 upset. I think they're going to get their third SEC victory of, of the week, uh, I mean, of, of the young season on Wednesday night. I think they're going to beat Missouri. And then uh, another is going to be Furman and Cincinnati. Um, that's Wednesday night as well. Uh, all right, Ace, I mean, you too. We, we, we shall see, man. Thus far, the SEC is looking like it might be a mid-major conference, man. They're struggling. We saw Kentucky, you know, get 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 smacked by Georgia Tech. Obviously, they lost to Richmond already. They currently only have one ranked team in the top 25, and that's Tennessee, who, who hasn't even played a game yet. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not too high on the SEC. People going into the season where we're – we're very high on it. You know, we had the, the Alabamas, and people were you know, so excited about the, the transfers that they were able to bring in. We got, you know, Javon Quinley, who was finally able to play. Eric Musselman in Arkansas. You know, we knew where we were going to have our Tennessee. We were excited about Florida. I mean, but thus far, the conference has definitely underperformed. We've seen multiple teams in, in the SEC get upset um, by, by smaller schools, mid-majors, teams that we think we're, we're supposed to win. You know, we heard Coach Kyler Perry come on uh, in, in, in his press conference and pretty much hedge his bets pretty good and, and let us know that they were going to lose those three games before they even happened, you know. But I don't know, man. The SEC is not looking too hot thus far the, uh, in the season. Yeah, I mean, I think the SEC is going to be all right, man. I mean, we, we, we've seen uh, 
we seen Florida just uh, go go on on ESPN and, and beat Boston College pretty well. They they look good. Tennessee hasn't played a game yet, but they're gonna be a top ten, top fifteen team um, in the country, in, in my opinion, uh, this year. I think Kentucky's gonna find their way. We seen we seen them them struggle early. They're a young team. They they, they got a bunch of freshmen. Um, Calipari. Uh, you know, rightfully so, hedged his best early on with this team. Um, so I, I think I think they're, they're going to figure it out, though. I mean, they got B.J. Boston, they got Terrence Clark. They're going to be two top five, top ten uh, picks in, in the NBA draft this year. They have too much talent to not figure it out. So I think they're, they're going to come around. Then you got teams like Alabama, um, who's missing in a, a whole lot of transfers, a whole lot of, of new guys um, to the mix. Um, but I think, obviously, they're coached by Nate Oates, um, the, the former Buffalo coach. Man, I think they're going to figure it out um, eventually as well. And we saw them get get shellacked uh, early on by Stanford, but I, I think they're gonna they're gonna figure it out, man. I think the SEC is gonna still find a, its way to get five, six teams in the tournament. You're gonna have your Tennessee, LSU, Florida, um, Alabama, uh, Arkansas. I think all those guys are gonna be in in play um, come March uh, to, to potentially get into the tournament. We'll see, man. I don't I don't know if I see three, four. I think I might, I might see you know two to three, the one to three range for SEC. But you know, nonetheless, we will have to see, man. We want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Um, make sure you guys like, share, subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave us a review, leave us a rating. You know, we'd love to hear your feedback if you have any. Um, but you know, for now, we're gonna let Pull Up Tay go ahead and take us out. We will see you guys next weekend. As, as always, stay safe. Um, this is episode two of the Auto Bridge. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.